Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name, as usual, is Chris Ferry, and this is my co-host. And my name has not changed. It is Chris Huddleston. Excellent. Well, today, your two usual hosts are going to be talking about the recent, I don't remember when it was, film, Underwater. Listen carefully. You are now 5,000 miles from land, and you're descending seven miles to the bottom of the ocean. See you all in a month. Here we go. We're going to do this. Let's do this. from one to ten. How bad's my rig? Ten. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean and we don't know what came out. Gotta get to the station. How did we even get there? We walk. We're just gonna walk with insufficient oxygen across the bottom of the ocean. You don't know what's out there. Worst idea ever! What is that? What is that? What is happening? There's something following us. Okay, so that's a fun trailer. I think you get the idea of what they're going for, whether or not that's what the film you feel like it ultimately delivers. Um, do you have a little synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I, I do, I do. So, Underwater. Uh, Storyline, okay, so this was uh, directed by uh, William Eubank, and it stars Kristen Stewart, Vincent Cassell, or Castle, I don't know what the pronunciation is exactly tj miller and some other people that i don't know who they are um the storyline is an unknown massive earthquake happens in a drilling station in the bottom of the mariana trench a scientific crew must find their way across the ocean floor into another station under the threats of deep pressure dark water dangerous deep sea creatures and a constant lack of oxygen and that was written by joel I don't know. They don't have a last name for Joel, but it Thanks, was Joel. written by Joel. Joel Gray. Uh, Joel Gray. Oh, if it were Joel Gray, that would. I, sh- I guess I should have read that in Joel Gray's voice. Do you but, do a Joel Gray impersonation? I don't know. I don't know that I could do a Joel Gray voice or not. But it's been a, a well, long time since. There's probably a lot of people that are listening to our show and are like, "What the hell are they talking about? Who's Joel Gray?" Yeah, and you may notice that we're a little slap happy today. I think there are a couple of reasons for that. One, it's my birthday. Yay! Oh, happy we can't sing this. We can't me. sing the song, oh, we or we'll have to. Did we just blow it? I have to pay money if you for pay, that. Uh, I, I, you probably didn't sing enough that we have to pay royalties. But yeah, oh, we, thank we probably, God. I don't think we I can sing that. I don't have the money to pay. Could that. we sing the um, Beatles one? I don't know who owns that. Nah, let's not sing anymore. Okay. Um, but but uh, I also I so for my birthday I treated myself and I had a huge feast of Indian food which was delicious oh, and then that's perfect for birthday me. that's what I always get for I my know. birthday I know but I always overdo it so I feel like a is there good uh, good uh, Indian where you are goose. man there's the best oh. um, I I have never had Indian food this good and I don't know 
I, I don't know. I just lucked out. It's it's dynamite. Um, it's called Bombay Royale, mm. and it's um, it's the bomb. Excellent, excellent. My jokes are not great tonight. Yeah, um, whatever. What do you want? What do you <laughs> want from me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, uh, underwater. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, you you watched this more recently than than I did, so it's it's been yeah. a little while since I watched this. I should have rewatched yeah. it for the show, but I but I didn't. So yeah, you've seen it. So mm-hmm. yeah, you know, uh, underwater. It's Kristen Stewart. It's got a grab bag of people. You know what? It feels like this. This feels like kind of a throwback movie to me. I feel like. There was a period of time where you saw a lot of this kind of movie. It was kind of paint by numbers, and it would either be set in space or set underwater or set on, you know, in some. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it, does that make sense to you? It's sure, kind sure. of um, it's kind of the model of Alien, where mm-hmm. there's you're out in an inhospitable terrain, and then there's a creepy crawly after you or a set of creepy crawlies and you've got to make it from point a to point b to either escape or turn on the c or turn off the d or trigger the e right mm-hmm. i mean it's like we need to get the data to blah blah it doesn't matter the ring <laughs> you got to go from mm-hmm. point a to point b to get the ring um and uh i i, en- I mean i enjoyed this movie i think uh I think what uh, I think my biggest problem with it was the was how formulaic it felt. You know, there's a sort of a cynicism baked into the like that. Well, we'll just give him an old number thirty-two, and it's not that it. I mean, it actually looks pretty good. Like I, I thought the sets. I, I think good it looks great. I think technically wore, it's a really you know, good movie. And, yeah, I like those suits a lot. Um, I had the thought, actually, just re-listening to the trailer here, that if I had seen this on a huge screen with Dolby surround sound, I think uh, I would have found the whole experience even more entertaining mm-hmm. than I did. Um, because it's eye candy for sure. And they clearly put a lot. It's not the most original sound design in the world, uh, but it's uh, satisfying. Um, you know, and we could talk about Kristen Stewart. I, I think she's great on screen. Um, she's been in sort of a string of misfires, it feels like, or she doesn't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I mean, I don't have anything against Kristen Stewart. I, I just... I think she delivers in this. She's not really the Ripley type, you know, but um she's very small. She, that's the that's the one thing yeah. that makes it, you know, seem uh whereas Sigourney Weaver, you know, is uh a tall woman, you know, so that makes her seem I don't know, more capable, I guess, or whatever. Um Yeah, I I I don't I can't quite put my finger on it. I think it is the it's the amalgam of the word I want to use is kind of lazy. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. specifically about Kristen Stewart here. I'm just talking about the movie overall. Uh, it feels like somebody dusted off uh, a script that had been shelved from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And they, they and then they they put it past somebody, a script writer or a team of script writers who really uh, knew what they're doing and plussed it up, but didn't change the fundamental bones of the movie. So they they gave it some more modern dialogue and some snappy zingers and made it feel more contemporary than it probably did in the early 90s and maybe switched some gender. You know, this character becomes a woman, this whatever. Um, and... You know, and then voila, because the the monster design feels really dated to me. Um, and the monster has no, you know, and just to we talk about Alien, just to go back to Alien for a second. The, the alien in Alien has a personality like we don't ever see it, but we're scared of it in a very specific way, especially considering we don't ever see it, you know, until the very end. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, part of that is just the design because it certainly doesn't have any dialogue. And this monster is really, it's not even a monster. It is like iterative. It's a big monster. Spoiler alert, by the way, we're spoiling the whole thing. So at the end, you see that there's quite a, a granddaddy of them. And it's got little like metastases, little little monsters that go from the itty bitty about the size of a human baby all the way up to man-sized monsters so I guess they get bigger yet mm-hmm. and then there's the mega monster that we see at the end and it looks cool but generic I felt yeah what were you do you remember it yeah yeah I do um it's very so kind of the derivative nature of the movie in general it's alien it's the abyss. Um, there, they definitely were um, taking from H.P. Uh, Love Lovecraft's *The Call of Cthulhu*, um, which I think was what they were probably going with with the the monster. I don't know if it was, you know, literally supposed to be Cthulhu. I've read that opinion somewhere. I, I was doing a little bit of reading about this today. Um, it's Cloverfield, you know, Cloverfield did the same kind of thing with right. the little monsters and the big monster and everything. And so it's, it's all kind of, uh, of mashed together in that way. So, you know, I would say for me, the technically I thought it was very good. Like you said, the suits, I love the design of the suits. Um, all of the effects are, are really good. Uh, and you know, the sound design and all that. And I'd say the real weakness is in the script. Um, you know, there's not a huge amount to it. We don't really get a lot of, you know, character development or anything like that. I don't know that that's necessary too much in a movie like this. And then, like you said, you know, the monsters just aren't all that exciting. And, you know, when you think back to Alien, you know, those were the alien itself was designed by H.R. Giger or Geiger. I'm not sure how you how you pronounce his name, but I don't know if it was because he was so associated with with the xenomorph or not. But it's kind of interesting to me that that they that there haven't been a lot more movies over the years where they used his designs, because I don't know if, if you ever looked at yeah. like his artwork, you know, just all this yeah. really nar- nightmarish stuff. Like I say, it's... Yeah, but it's all very... I mean, the alien is is so... is so Giger, Geiger. Giger, yeah, Geiger, yeah. Giger, Geiger. It, it, yeah. you, that, that if you were going to use it in some other movie, it would look like Alien. That's <laughs> true, know? that's true, yeah. So maybe that's why they haven't. But but um, it, it seems like they... And not even going back to like an 80s or 90s kind of a thing, it seems like there's been so many movies in the last it, it kind of seemed like it started with Cloverfield where they you know just kind of these uninspired design of monsters um another one was it Super 8 that was another one that was like very Spielbergish, and that was the same thing where the monster looked kind of like the monster and you know and even like the monster in um the first season of uh Stranger Things they're just not all that Right. You know what I mean? It, it's it's right. these that's kind of a weakness. It seems in these films is you're doing a monster movie, but you have a monster that's not all that exciting. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, and it's not like I've designed a bunch of monsters so no. I can I can fillet with a problem with some of this design, but um, yeah, it, this one is forgettable. I mean, I can describe features of it. It's big. It's a, at the end. It's sort of in a Godzilla way, sort of satisfying to see them looking out the big window. I want to put a pin in the big window for a second. And come mm-hmm. back to it, but um, and seeing this giant thing tower up. When up till that point, we've really just been dealing with things that are more or less human sized. Um, but we don't. I mean, other than we oh, we drilled too deep. So so they're a mi- drilling mining operation in the deep sea in the Marianas Trench, and they they drilled too deep, and they woke up something. And, and there's no Lovecraftian language that I can remember that no. would tie it to Cthulhu or anything else. Just mm-hmm. like why is this happening? Oh, there was a monster down there, and we dug it up, um, mm-hmm. and now now we're stuck. 
Um, I think some of the best scares and some of the most effective stuff in the movie come from them being in this incredibly pressurized underwater thing. And when you, we see that in space, um, we're, it, there's always a sort of, there's an explosive release and all of the atmosphere inside the thing vents outward like a balloon. Well, it's reverse when you're underwater, right? Things implode because of the enormous pressure above them. So when I said I wanted to put a pin in that big window, it's like there are some design features of this that are questionable to me. So <laughs> it's more or less now, but in a kind of a future in which we could build, not just send a submersible down that low, but actually build a whole series that look like moon bases um, of underwater drill sites, right? And <laughs> they've all got these big windows out of them. Like, uh, yeah. Why, why would you? <laughs> like, that just, in more than one, like some, a person touches a window and it cracks or they see the crack in the window happening and you're like, Duh. Why you know it's it's just mm-hmm. absurd to me that that I know you're supposed to suspend your disbelief and just go with this movie, right? But there are movies that are absurd that you could pick apart, but you don't want to because you had so much fun doing it. And this is a movie yeah. that I think they would argue, Oh, don't you're thinking about it too hard. I'm like, Yeah, well the movie wasn't good enough, so I'm thinking mm-hmm. it you know, I'm thinking about it. Um the 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 wisdom of these geniuses who built this thing is is definitely inconstant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they have health they have a health pods they have escape pods that at the end they're trying to get to to get out of there. They're seven miles underwater and they're, they're just little these um, spheres basically that have a, a, one seat in it and you hit go and it fires them out and it goes streaking up towards the surface. Well, I'm like. that's the human body doesn't work that way i mean unless there's some magic technology where this thing can change pressure as it you know i suppose that they're either you're not supposed to think about the bends or blah blah blah. we special magic future science don't worry about the bends but you know even in modern submersibles you have to account for very sensitive pressure differentiation in the human body is like you know it's not a little thing. It's a serious deal. Yeah. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Am I wrong? Do you know more no, about no. this than I do? No, I don't know anything about it at all. <laughs> never, I don't purport to know a lot about it. I I've just, never uh, done any kind of deep sea diving or anything and never really studied it. So, yeah. Maybe in the future I mean, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. Do And that's something. Um, do they ever, Are we? are we ever given an indication as to when this is? They don't ever really say, do they? It's not like I, it comes up on the screen twenty one, you know, twenty seven or something so. like that, right? The opening titles have a bunch of like um, sort of news, like headlines and and sort of news feed. It's a sort of a collage of, you know, drilling company, you know, reaches new um, depths never before reached and stuff like that. So there might be a date in there somewhere. But I don't remember it uh, pinning itself down. Mm-hmm. It's not like some of our favorite classic sci-fi that it's like, you know, the year is 19 or, or 2019, right? And we mm-hmm. all get to laugh about it in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> what they thought, you know, what they thought it would be like. But um, it's clearly, you know, they're con- it's contemporary. They have contemporary styles. It's just like maybe a little bit in the future in a in a in a future where we're able to build this kind of stuff on the ocean floor. Yeah. It's not, I kind of felt like have, it was maybe like 30, 50 years from now, something like that. I don't know. It's not so far in the future that guess. the way they do it is like force fields. No. Right? No. I mean it's not like they well we can do this because of our force field technology. It's not like that. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a, that's another point. It's another indicator that the movie's kind of vague, you mm-hmm. know. Like, you're like, when is this? And they're like, that's not bad. It's not bad. Kristen Stewart, look, look how cool she is. And you're like, oh, I see. You know, you don't you you don't have an answer. <laughs> you don't know when it is. It's now. It's soon. Yeah. Now this was um, a casualty. This along with the New Mutants, and I, I don't know what else. But those are the kind of the two big ones that I'm aware of 
was a this was a Fox movie, and it was part of the um, the buyout when Disney took Fox over. Oh. So this was actually completed in 2017, but wasn't released until January of 2020. So I see. Um, so they just kind of dumped it, and you know there may have. Uh, uh, there, you know, it's, it's hard to know what cuts they made to this or, um, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, so who knows if there would have, you know, maybe, maybe there was a little bit more polishing to be done or something like that. I don't know, but Disney basically just that makes didn't a, care. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, what's the guy's name? There's the actor in it, the comic relief, um, TJ Miller. Yeah, T.J. Miller's in it. And, yeah. and for a while, he was in everything. He was mm-hmm. he was in Silicon Valley, and he was hot from that. And he was getting movie deals, and he dropped out of Silicon Valley, I think, because he thought his movie career was now gonna lift off. Yeah. And then he and and he had a special uh, a comedy special on Netflix or HBO, one of the two that that sort of tanked. Um, I think he got. Then, uh, I think he got tooed. Yeah, a little too, yeah, exactly. you know. And then he got kind of canceled. Yeah, and and I this does feel like a movie that, you know, he was kind of saying yes to everything there. He was in everything there. This feels like right in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, and we I need figure... a kind of a funny comic guy. Let's get T.J. Miller. Oh, great! Yeah, we can still get T.J. Miller. Great. And I don't have any. I don't have any uh, facts to back this up or anything. But I. I kind of guess he's he's kind of a love him or hate him kind of a guy i can i think he's funny i like him and i th- I think he's he's pretty funny in this but i can i imagine there are a lot of people that find him annoying because he can be sure. kind of a lot you know but um so. i think he's funny too i i mm-hmm. saw his stand-up special and i kind of saw what he was going for but i did not think his stand-up special was funny mm-hmm. i've not seen it it's um it's weird. Um and he describes himself as an absurdist comic. I think people, myself included, just sort of didn't get it and they were like, huh. But you know, when in Deadpool and this kind of snarky, wisecracky you know, Silicon Valley, he's funny yeah. when he's in a role delivering that uh brand of semi deadpan um snark comedy i think he nails it which and is he's why doing he the same so kind of work. thing here you know absolutely just, it's just absolutely. cracking jokes the whole time while people are dying and stuff you know it, exactly so and you'd be like oh tj miller's in this what's he yeah what kind of characters he's played you'd be like you just see deadpool and you're like yeah and it's like that he's that he's, he's deadpool just, in a you know in a spacesuit underwater he's the bartender from deadpool in a spacesuit underwater exactly yeah. without without deadpool um, so, you know, there's that. I think the cast, they do a good job. I mean, you can hear it in the trailer. It's like on a scale from one to 10, you know, well, how bad is my rig? <laughs> 10. Mm-hmm. Boy, the captain of this, whatever is, that's how you talk. That's nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. on a scale from one to 10. We're going to play word games. Like <laughs> it's just this crazy two bit flyboy dialogue. Everybody has it, you know, throughout this movie. And yeah. it actually, I say early nineties, it feels kind of like eighties baloney, you know, and that's another, they love to do. There's the tough guy talk, you know, and, and all that, that they love to have in, and I, and you know, that goes back to, you know, and, and beyond this, but that's a big part of aliens you know, with the space Marines, you know, we're game over, man, you know, all that. Um, Yeah. All the, you know, the tough, the whole tough guy narrative and everything. So that seems to be a, you know, kind of a prerequisite for, for these kind of films. Yeah. There were a couple, I mean, so we've been ragging on it now for 20 minutes, but I think, uh, I did enjoy it, you know. I, did too. I, I really I liked Kristen Stewart in this lead role, getting to carry it. Um, I think you know she's got more going on than maybe she gets credit for. Um, what do you think that? Do you think it, so? She had this bombed. She did the um, another one around this time was Charlie's Angels that bombed. Right. 
Right. Um, do you, I mean, was that just kind of bad luck or do you think people, cause know. you had, I didn't see that one. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either, but, um, you know, you had her and, um, what's the name of the, of the, uh, you know, the guy that she was in twilight with, um, Pattinson, Robert Pattinson. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. you know, the two of them, you had just the, all the people that hated those movies and I've not, I've not watched them. So, you know, I don't really have any interest in them. So whatever, but both of them, I think it took them a little while to, you know, they were kind of typecast as those characters. Yeah. And and Pattinson has able to, I mean, he's shown, you know, we, we discussed uh, the lighthouse a few weeks ago. Um, and you know, he's, he's done some, some indie things. Um, and, you know, he's established that he's a really good actor, but you still had when he was announced as Batman, you had and it, it seems like it didn't matter who was announced as, as Batman, whoever's going to be the next Batman. People are going to be pissed until they see it. You know, people are always right. mad. They never. But people were really mad, um, you know, that he was cast as Batman. And then the trailer came out and it looks pretty awesome. And, then, you know, I think most people are pretty on board. But um it doesn't seem that she's been able to break away from that people just associating her with twilight and, you know, all the people that didn't like those movies kind of not giving her a chance. It seems like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I don't follow it and I don't think I, I'm vaguely aware of what you're talking about. I don't really follow those boards or whatever where people, but I mean, I can guess what the internet's angry about something. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe it can, I think there's a lot of things that we as the audience don't necessarily see too. I mean, it can be your manager and your agent and the agency that represents you and, you know, an experience with this or that director that, may have you know poisoned the water in this way or that way i i don't know any of that so Mm -hmm. um and i and i have never seen twilight so i can't i mean but of course i'm aware of what a phenomenon was I i can't really speak to i know it was this incredible success financially like it was a big thing um and I know it was campy and bonkers. I, in fact, I you know, I can't believe I need to see Twilight so I know what I'm dealing with here. I guess part of the reason I haven't seen it is it can't possibly be as good as I'm imagining it is in my mind. Like good, bad. You know what I mean? Like it, Right. I'm sure I'll watch it and be like, huh, I don't like I a, I don't see why this blew up and B, I don't see why. People think this is – I don't see why people – some people think this is the best and some people think this is the worst. To me, it's just kind of meh. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm expecting. Um, that would be my guess. But, the but uh, you know. The, other than this Underwater, the only other movie that I've seen her in is one called Amer- American Ultra that came out in 2015. I don't think it did particularly well either, but it's her and um, Jesse Eisen- Eisenberg. And they live in West Virginia, and it's a fictional town, I think. But they're these two, I don't know if they're just boyfriend and girlfriend or if they're married, but they're these two stoners. And it turns out he's actually a secret government agent, and, and he doesn't know it. <laughs> and there's something that something He that doesn't triggers. know it. He, yeah, he's forgotten. Oh, he's um, like a sleeper, like, sleeper agent. Yeah, he's like a sleeper guy, and something, I forget what happens, something triggers it. To where you know he's he's this assassin guy you know has this all has these... got to be a comedy right yeah I mean... it's a, it's a comedy and it it was written by Max Landis who was uh, John Landis's son who did uh, uh, American Werewolf in London and the Blues Brothers um, and uh, anyway it's it's a movie that I recommend you watch I I kind of I enjoyed it it's you know it's kind of absurd but it, it's like an action comedy why a fictional town in west virginia uh i don't know it just it takes place in I west mean, virginia and i think at the pick time a I, town yeah i think i <laughs> yeah, looked it up like... at the time i think i looked it up at the time and it wasn't a 
it wasn't a real town. I, I think they maybe were just going for, okay, what, you know, where can we have a movie be in the middle of nowhere and we're going to pick right. West Virginia, you know? Well, I find that offensive and yeah. I am not one of West Virginia's greatest defenders by any stretch of the imagination. It, but in the movie, it's lazy. Not, you can, the, you could put your finger in the middle of West Virginia and there'd be an actual town. Yeah. Just set it there. Whether you shoot, you can shoot it in Toronto. People do it all the time. They call it New York and it's shot in Toronto. Now they, they didn't, one thing about it in, uh, in fairness to them, they did not present it. It was just, they were just people and they just happened to live in West Virginia. They just, didn't pre- just present people them. in a place. They weren't, yeah, they didn't present them uh, as, Borat. as, yeah, <laughs> and they didn't present Borat. them as yeah. hillbillies or anything. They're just stoners, but they're not, you know, they don't have like hick accents or, or anything like that, you know? So, but, but anyway, it's, um, you know, it's not an amazing movie, but, but I enjoyed it. And the, the two of them were, were really good in it. I felt that was kind of the first time I watched and I thought, oh, you know, she's pretty good. She's not just this, you know, whatever she is in Twilight. Yeah. So. What was she? Was she, she didn't get turned into a vampire, right? She was, I, I don't know enough about He him He was too. the vampire. Yeah, he was the and vampire she, and she's in love with him. And I don't know if she turns him, if he turns her into a vampire or not. I'm, and I'm then not. there were sequels. Yeah, I think there's three movies altogether. Okay. Well, I I will check it out. Amer- it's called American Ultra. American Ultra, yeah, from 2015. I think you'd get a kick out of it. You know, it's like I say, it's not amazing, but it's 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 well done. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what else are we going to talk about underwater here? I mean. There were well, a couple of creepy things. Like I felt like there was a there's one sequence where they're walking along the bottom of the uh, sea floor to get again from. It's not really point A to point B. They go from A to B to C to D, right? There's mm-hmm. this one's in a collapsing tunnel. This one's out on the water. They they vary it up a little bit, but the the critters kind of find them, or we it's a critter. Critters find them as they're out in the, the bottom of the sea floor, and that was creepy because they, you can't. Their suits have a light. But you can't. It doesn't shed much distance, and so there was a sort of shadowy flickers swimming around in the water around them. And there's there's one shot where the thing kind of pops up over somebody's shoulder to to check. Yeah, they kind of get offed one by one, right? Yeah. Again, it doesn't. This doesn't make sense to me. The critters are there. The critters are gone. The critters are attacking. The critters are not. The critters are trying to take them into a cave, uh, but. Only the one time, you know, you you don't have any sense of like, so what are these things and what do they do and why do they, you know, like mm-hmm. they're just scary critter. Yeah. And they want to kill them, but not seemingly always. Like there are periods where they're sort of intense. They're under intense threat. And then there's other times where nothing else seems to have changed and they just seem to have stopped for a while. And now we're worried about the pressure or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's that movie logic kind of thing where, you know, why when somebody is being chased by a car, do they run in the middle of the street instead of, you know, running off you know, a, yeah. somewhere else to get away? So, like, yeah, it, it does. I, I wasn't really um, thinking about it too much as, as I watched it, but it is you kind of feel like at any time the monsters could just wipe them out and there wouldn't really be a whole lot they could do about it, you know, and why well, as we discover at the that? end of it, there are, yeah, thousands and thousands of them. So it's like, yeah. so this point where there was one after you, were they all just, they didn't know you were there or it's just never discussed. It's never explained. There's the, the impression you get from the movie is like, oh, don't think about it. Yeah. They're just kind and of setting up that's, tense scenes and, that kind yeah, of thing. that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like I want, I'm all for the, give me the good tense, scary scene or whatever, but I like it to be justified in some way other than just like, well, that's what you bought a ticket for, right? Scary movie, have some popcorn, it's scary. This is the scary yeah. part. Yeah. But. Um, that said, okay. I mean, we make it sound a little bit like it's maybe kind of a turkey and it's not. I mean, like I said, from a from a technical standpoint, you know, it's, the set design is good. It's the cinematography is really good. The effects, you know, I don't have any complaint about, about the effect effects and I'm kind of a sucker for sci-fi horror, which we don't get a lot of, you know, it, you kind of 
kind of seems like you could count on right. one hand the really, you know, you have Alien and Aliens and The Thing and, you know, a few others. But, you know, it's not like you can just rattle off 20 great um, sci-fi horror movies, you know, in my mind. But I would rather watch something like this than another zombie movie or another, you know, something about a possessed girl or something like that. Sure. Um, you know. Sure. So, no, I think I, I agree with you. I'd see it, it was good enough yeah. that we're sitting here, you know, ripping little holes in it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I watched it all the way through. I paused it when I had to get up and go pee or whatever. You know, I, mm-hmm. I uh, and I wanted to talk about it with you because I thought there was a lot like it was good enough that I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, but but, you know, there was some stuff like here's another pet peeve of mine at the end. Um, so there's three of them left, a boyfriend and a girlfriend and Kristen and the boyfriend's kind of in bad shape. So they kind of pour, he keeps saying no, no, and they kind of pour him in one pot and send him off. And then the girlfriend's like realizes and, and Kristen Stewart has to cold cock her to get her into the thing Mm -hmm. and she sends her off. So it's Kristen Stewart alone down here at the bottom of this. And then she's got a view screen that is just like. Shows where the base is. It looks like a video game from the 80s. It shows where the base is, and it shows where the monster is. So the monster shows up in relief, and it shows where the pods are. And the pods are these three little or two little dots heading north. And then there's a swarm of the little little monster silhouettes leaving the big monster and chasing them, and they're overtaking it. Mm-hmm. So she decides to write who built that particular device and why. Yeah. Um, uh, how convenient that is. Uh, and then, um, so she decides she's going to overload the core, which I guess, I don't know, is nuclear? I don't, they don't really get into it, but hmm. overload the core, core goes boom. Um, and she decides she's going to, you know, commit suicide by destroying Sacrifice the base. Herself. Sacrifice yeah, exactly. And kill the monster. And it shows, it's like core overload, danger, core overload. And then it shows a line of demarcation on the map of where the core overload is gonna get, right? Mm-hmm. So she waits until the escape pod dots get outside of that perimeter, but the swimmies are still inside it. So she could basically push a button or turn a knob and blow the place up and mm-hmm. take all the monsters with her, but let the other people escape. And it makes it crystal clear to understand the choice she's making but it's another one of those kind of lazy, magical technology things where it's like, well, just in case a uh, giant monster and its minions, you know, whatever, we, we're going to be able to need to see where those things are in relation to any potential escape pods. Yeah. And then if anyone's left behind to blow the base, clean the whole thing up, they're going to need to see where that blast radius is. So yeah. let's make sure we program that all in there. <laughs> really easy to understand, nonverbal, right? Because what if exactly. they don't speak English? Yeah. And, and, I, and I just, it was so convenient uh, mm. in a in a storytelling way that I it took me out of it because I don't like when the technology of the thing is pretty concise like the doors and open and behave in a certain way and the pressure seals behave in a certain way and there's a lot of analog lifts that take people up and down and cables and things like that but in the core there's this digital magic land where it's like we can project all of this stuff and present it for you visually and yeah I don't know. Whatever. You know, maybe if you just want a popcorn movie that is going to be fun and you you think that horror sci-fi and underwater stuff is fun and creepy, hey, this is a fun movie. You're going to like this movie. Um, This just popped into my head. I was listening to – I listened to an uh, an interview last night with – on a podcast with Robert Downey Jr. And he was, he talked a lot about his dad. You know, his dad was a director. His dad's still alive, but his dad was a a director. And he said his dad had a hierarchy of the people in Hollywood. He's at the, at the bottom, he had actors. He said, this is coming from his dad. He said, anybody can act, which I, I don't, you know, I think that's demonstrably untrue, but, but he said, anybody can act. And he said, then your next level is the director. He said, a lot of people, there's a lot of people that can direct. And then he said, and then at the top is writers. He said, nobody can write. So maybe, 
you know, maybe there's some truth in that, that we get so many, you know, you have all these seemingly talented people in Hollywood, um, but we get a lot of formulaic movies, you know, pretty much everything looks good now. You know, it's rare that you're going, you're not going to see a, uh, a major studio release that isn't shot pretty well. Um, you know, and doesn't have decent set design and all those kind of things, right, but we just right. see so many formulaic scripts. And is that because they're just doing, that's what they think, um, people want to see, or is it just, is it true? Is it hard to get, are there just not that many good writers out there? Which I don't have an answer to that, but. I don't have an answer for it. But that was what but... Robert Downey Jr. was saying the same thing. Cause they were asking him about, I don't think he's directed and they were like, oh, you know, you could direct, you know, it's not that hard. But, uh, but, but he was kind of saying the same thing. He was like, I don't know. But he was, he was also saying kind of the same thing that his dad said that, you know, he thinks writing is really, really tough. So of course these people are well, paid a lot to do it, but. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I, from my experience as an actor and what I've other heard other actors talk about is um, when the writing is really excellent your job as an actor is so much easier. Like yeah. um, when the writing is bad, you have to make a ton of choices, big, strong choices that you come in with. You, In other words, you fill in all the blanks. Um, and so you're sort of doing the writing for yourself. And then the director can say, um, oh, you know, more of this, less of that, or I want you to change this. And you're giving the director something to work with, but you're filling in the blanks. And when the writing is excellent, 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 it's all kind of right there on the page. Mm -hmm. Like you say, well, I wonder how I feel about this. And you go back to the script and you read it again. You're like, oh, it's right there. I, I, it's, it, it's on the page how I feel about this and why. You know, the clues are all there. And, you know, I, I remember um, when... Um, Spacing on his name, uh, Tony Soprano. Um, uh, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini accepted the. Uh, he, he won an Emmy, I guess, for playing Tony Soprano, and mm -hmm. he said it's really the the you know when it, when the show is this well written, I just have to show up. I have to know the lines, but I just have to show up basically. Yeah. You know, do what's on the page, and it's like I, I mean, thank you, I appreciate this, but mm -hmm. the the writers of the show really should get the credit for it because that's how good it is. And that's not the only, by far, the only example of that. But I think you're right. I think if the writing is great, it's sort of your movie to screw up. Um, and when the writing is mediocre, you have some wiggle room. You can make it look good, and you can bend this or that to your will. And the writers, um, you know, may still be in the in the process, or they may not. You know, I guess maybe that's a, a reason that we see, you know. Um, you have, I know, previous episodes we talked about Spielberg. And, you know, Spielberg is, was always one of those rare guys that he, can, he could do the big budget popcorn movie, but it was still, you know, something like Jurassic Park. It was still so well written and the characters right. seemed so real and... I don't know if it's just the people who are the really great writers or are working, you know, it's like, uh, uh, the Coen brothers, you know, and that's just not, they're not going to do a Jurassic park movie or, um, that kind of thing. And I don't, I don't know what it is about that, that it, it seems like, I mean, I guess the studios in a cynical way, just kind of think who cares? You just need explosions and, you know, nobody really cares about the dialogue that much or whatever. And you have the Transformer movies or, you know, things like that, that I guess kind of prove that is true. Mm. Um, but it, it seems like it's so rare that you have a somebody along the lines of a Spielberg who can um, do action and explosions and, and all that and there still be intelligence to it and heart. I don't know. Yeah, Spielberg does manage to get really, really moving um, performances out of his, especially his kids. Mm -hmm. you know, oh yeah, he, it's like the uh, that uh, 
have you ever seen, I, I was actually just watching because a friend sent it to me. I was just watching it the other day. Uh, the guy who played uh, Elliot in E.T. Mm-hmm. is, have you ever seen the, his uh, audition? Yes. And it's really it's, amazing. He cries. Yes, it's and, crazy. Yeah. And at the end, Spielberg goes, well, kid, you got the part, you yeah. know, and he's whatever he is, eight years old or something like that, you know. I remember um, the other day we were taking a walk as a family and I was walking with my daughter who is nine mm-hmm. and I made some reference to E.T., which when when we were, we must have been a little older than that, but when we were kids, Those, I remember at that age because it wasn't it probably eight. I think I want to say it came out in 82 probably. So we were something we, like that. We, I would have been nine. You know, you would have been the same age. It no was problem. right, but theaters back then it didn't come out in Parkersburg. Like it, they didn't they didn't do an instant like kind full of rolled rolled nation. stuff out exactly. Yeah. A movie would come out and we'd get it six months later or even a year later. And I I'll admit that my memory of time is skewed because kids don't think about time in the same way or I didn't when I was a kid. But I remember E.T. came out and eventually it got around to Parkersburg, and then it was in the theaters there for. At least a year straight. Like it was just, people could not get enough of this movie. And it was incredible. It broke all kinds of records. Anyway, I was I made some reference to E.T. to my daughter. And I realized, I was like, do you know what E.T. is? And she's like, no. Uh, I was like, of course, you wouldn't know it. Why would you, why would you know what E.T. was? Yeah. So I was explaining it to her. And, you know, my wife walked up and she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, I was telling her about. I was telling her about, you know, because we were talking about a bike sort of riding off the edge of a cliff and then flying. And that made me think of E.T. And then I was sort of trying to describe it to her. And Rach got involved. My wife got involved in the conversation. was like, oh, that was a really good movie. And it was really sad. And Nova was like, what's it about? So we were telling her. And I got to the part where it's like, so then they managed to, to make a device so he can call his ship. And the ship comes back for him. And there's this goodbye scene between E.T. and the boy. Yeah, I'm going to cry right now. I started yeah. crying and recounting it where E.T. was like, friend, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. I was talking to my wife and my daughter. I'm tearing up right now. That's the effect it had on me is like oh, that yeah. moment in the movie is so you're happy that he's going to get back with his. You think of it as his family, but his people or whatever. But that Elliot and E.T. are going to be separated. And Elliot is so heartbroken. And you're right there with it. It's man, mm-hmm. that that is I can't think of more successful movie making than that. That's oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah. How do you think if you? Uh, wh- I thought you were going to say that you'd you'd watched it with her, but um, it, do you think it would work on your kids? Et. I. That's a good question. I don't know. I think that the emotional. I think the performances would. I think that the uh, special effects would look hopelessly dated because mm-hmm. he's there's a lot of him that's animatronic. Yeah. And I, I feel like when I look back on that stuff now, I it really uh, is distracting to me. Mm-hmm. But but I don't know. Are there any of the movies from our childhood that you have watched with your kids? Mm, not really, because they're not. Before. Yeah, they're more into cartoons and stuff. Actually, excuse me. My son doesn't. My son's going to be twelve here in a couple of days. He doesn't really watch movies. Full stop. Mm-hmm. I don't. He just doesn't really have the attention span for it. He doesn't really get into it. And Nova, um, she watches um, like there's a Phineas and Ferb movie. She, if they're a cartoon, she stays invested. But otherwise, um, you know, we went to see Trolls in the theater before everything shut down. And I think it's mostly just about paying attention to a thing that lasts that long, an mm-hmm. arc that goes that long. Because I wonder if that's a if that's a thing for kids today. You know, it seems like there are so many, um, there are so many of these big special effects extravaganza movies that we didn't have to the degree that that you know audiences have today. This is making it sound like we're ancient, but um, you know, I remember when the train it was coming yeah. right for us and everyone <laughs> it, it, dove we out had of the to, way, and we ducked. Because we thought it, it looked like it was coming screen. right at us. <laughs> but, you know, um, 
I don't know because you got the Harry Potter movies and you have you know there's oh we have watched those so Nova okay. and I have watched because we we read Harry Potter and and we watched all seven of those movies even the scary parts and they okay. got pretty scary like people were dying and stuff yeah. and you know normally she would cower but we we did watch all of the Harry Potter okay I just wonder you know for us and maybe it was maybe not all kids were were like us I don't know but where. I mean, there were some of these movies that were like, I mean, I was obsessed with, you know, not just Star Wars, but, but a lot of other things. And, you know, you would watch them over and over again for years, you right. know, and I don't well, know. But if we it's... didn't, we didn't have the internet either, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's true. We didn't have my YouTube kids have, and everything. Yeah. And, and Netflix and on demand. True. Like we don't, we actually do own a TV now, but we haven't owned a TV um, our apartment just really wasn't all that big in New York. And it was also that we didn't really have anywhere to put it. And my wife and I, uh, when we look back to our childhood, we spent a lot of time just kind of vegging out in front of garbage, in front of the TV. And of course the irony of it is, is now the kids do that and on their laptops. It's so it's YouTube, like, yeah. it's a different screen and it's even more senseless garbage. Um, so I guess mud in our eye, but we didn't, um, we, we didn't really even have a TV because it was always something we could just sit around, like two or three of us on the couch, sit around in front of the IMAX screen or something and watch it on that and stream yeah. it. Um, right. So I, I, when we were kids, that was like the imagination box was getting to go see Star Wars or Indiana Jones. I mean, those were great movies, but there was nothing like that on TV. You know, no, watching no. TV was nothing like that experience. And then <laughs> all of the action figures and everything else was just, those were a little... Um, catalysts for your imagination to to you know bring the world that the movie introduced you to into your own home you had to carry it in your mind and then use these little plastic figures to you know play out the things well and i can remember one time talking to you when we were you know eight or nine years old something like that i don't know and I didn't even really quite understand the concept of a vcr yet because we didn't have one and i don't think i'd ever seen one and you were telling me about you went to somebody's house and they had a V. I don't even know if you knew that it was called a VCR, but you were just like, they have this machine and they have a tape and it has Star Wars on it and they can watch. And I was like, you can watch Star Wars whenever you want. And you're like, yeah, anytime they want, they can just play Star Wars. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I think we're, that's we're that age. That's the age that we age, are. Yeah. yeah so I used to I, say to my son the other day, I'm like, you know. The iPhone came out, right, the year you were born. Like the, before that, there wasn't a smartphone. People had cell phones they could call and text each other on, but they had buttons. Like you'd have to type in, you know, yeah. H-I space, H-O-W space, A-R. You know, it was like, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, you didn't have a screen you could play games on. or You know, when I was a kid, we didn't have computer games. There was like... Texas Instrument, or I, I had one of the early Atari. Commodores that they were sort of, yeah, Commodore, yeah. exactly, exactly. And the, the interesting thing is he's so into Minecraft and like 32-bit stuff now. He's really into 32-bit stuff. Mm. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not. I think 32-bit stuff, I mean, it was charming, but I'm not nostalgic about it. Um, yeah. It was the best I, we had at the time, but now we've got better. So I'm like, don't you don't you want to look better than this? I mean, yeah. And I guess like, with, no, I like the I like it this way. Like, okay. <laughs> I guess with movies too. I mean, just because of all the streaming services and everything, that that it's naturally going to just be more disposable for kids than it was for us. I guess just because we didn't have all the stuff. Yeah. I guess if we'd had a million, it's like, oh, we can watch Star Wars and we can watch this and we can watch that and we can watch, you know. We have ten thousand things to choose exactly. from, or whatever. Then it, you know. So, for example, some Nova, of it's going to be good. Nova and, some I went, it's not. Nova and I went to see one of the Trolls movies that came out recently. They're they're fun. They're cute. But mm-hmm. you know, and this is a couple of years ago. It's probably the first one then, because it was a couple of years ago. She was a couple of years younger, and you know, she was totally with it. The first, you know, act one of those that movie is really funny and spectacular, and. Uh, and then it gets kind of dark. They go into this troll kingdom and it gets kind of dreary and people are talking a lot. And, you know, you, she just was losing interest. She was losing focus. She was getting up out of her seat. You know, she was like, I want to go. And I'm like, no, I paid to, you know, oh. paid money for these tickets, <laughs> you know, 
come here, you sit on my lap and, you know, mm-hmm. go to sleep or something. But I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm going to watch the end of this movie. <laughs> I don't think I ever said that in a, in a movie theater ever. Oh, no, of course, because, you, you know, know, how often did you get to go to the movies? Yeah, you know, how often yeah. would your parents take you to the movies? So you're like, well, this I'm not enjoying this, but maybe it'll get better. You know, we yeah. were so... Even really bad stuff, I don't think I ever, as a kid, was just like, let's go. Oh, I don't yeah. want to watch the rest. See, a movie had to be so... I don't remember the first time I ever walked out of a movie. I don't I can't know if remember. I've ever walked out of a movie in my life. Yeah, I can't remember the last time. I think I might have been really sick once and been mm-hmm. like, I can't... You know, I'm afraid I'm going to throw up or something. I can't be here. And I, you know, I left. But I don't think... You know, that's not true. With I, I went to see, when, when I was dating Rachel early on, we went to see Dumb and Dumberer. Oh. And it was so bad. Yeah, I've that never seen that one. I probably would have sat through the rest of it, but she was like, I can't take this. I'm leaving. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, you sit here while you leave. I'm like, okay, yeah, so let's yeah. get out of here. Yeah. I don't... But she was like, you don't like this, do you? And I was like, no. She's like, so let's go. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I probably, if I was on my own, I probably would have stayed. Yeah, there's times that I I considered it, but I don't I don't think I've ever actually, I don't think I've ever walked walked out. But so uh, back to underwater. Do we do we recommend this? Sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, in exactly that tone, I'd give it like three and a half stars. I mean, that's probably yeah. Out of yeah, five. I, I think that's. I think that's a good number. It's uh it's not amazing again as we've said. It's very very derivative. It's not there's nothing original about it. But it's well, you know, from a technical standpoint it's well put together, I think. Yeah, I agree and it was it's well executed. Um Yeah, and go back and listen to the whole thing if you want all the caveats, but I would say sure. It's it's a popcorn movie. Be fun to watch with somebody else, especially if you're both into it. And I would watch it on – it's one of those um, designed for theater kind of things. So if you've Biggest got, screen as you can see it on. Yeah, yeah. if you can see yeah. it on a big screen with big like, you know, sound subwoofer and like surround – just do that. Because it's all for about sure. the like uh, the, the production design and the experience of it. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Done. So um, what do you want to um, – what do you want to watch for next time, buddy? Well, here's so let me run this by you. So I I don't have a specific movie per se, but I was perusing um, Prime Video last night, and you know how Prime gives you the here's some things that we think you'll like, and there were several coming up, and I thought this is a genre I don't think we have done. I don't think we've done a straight up fantasy film. So some of the ones that it was giving me was stuff like Legend, uh, Krull, which I don't think I've ever seen Krull before. Well, what? Um, You've never yeah. seen Krull? I, I know Krull, oh, but snap. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, Clash of the Titans, the the original Clash of, Clash of the Titans, what I've seen. Which oh, I've seen we could do that. Movies. I just watched it. I just watched the original one. Oh, did you really? I'm sure it doesn't yeah. hold up well. but uh, You know what, though? I, I It does. Okay, okay. It's It was really good. The remake. I mean, did you, you know did you, it. Did you see the remake? I think I did. Release the release the Kraken. Uh, the yes, 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 the yes, remake. yes. I did. I did. The remake was bad. The original was one's the better. Best part yeah. Oh, yeah. Much better. And another one that I. Now this is funny. This this is dating things as well. Um, Dragon Slayer from '83 or something like that. I had the Marvel. So Marvel used to do all these movie adaptations. Uh, comic books so i had the comic book of dragon slayer and read that you know over and over again but i don't think i've ever seen the movie so those are you know like i say legend uh who, who was in dragon slayer i don't know if it it was a disney movie um and i'm gonna look it up here real quick i don't know is that the one with oh. sean connery does the voice of the dragon no, oh, yeah, no. i'm the last one no, that's a lot newer. That was in the 90s sometime, I believe. This is from 1981. It has... Uh, the only person that I recognize the name is Peter McNichol. But it's a young wizarding apprentice is sent to kill a dragon which has been devouring girls from a nearby Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Kingdom. This is coming back to me now. Well, you know, I love me some fantasy. Um, Ian McDermott is in it. What do you want to? What do you want to do? Because I I just recently saw Clash of the Titans, so I mean I could talk okay. about that one no problem. Or 
any of those other ones, Kroll, I can't believe you haven't seen Kroll. Yeah, I, I would say and since I'm not, I'm that's f- not because it's great, but it's because it's like, oh, baby, Kroll. Is it, it is crazy. Is it, um, is it dumb enough, you think, that it would be fun to discuss? Yes. Okay. I tell you what, let's do I Krull. loved it. When I was a kid, I loved it. And then I watched it in my young adulthood, and I was like, what was, that? What was the matter with me? But I haven't seen it since then. Let's do Crawl. Okay, yeah, we'll do Crawl next. That's that'll be Crawl. Ladies and gentlemen, join us in the fantasy expedition that is Crawl for next right. week. Um, well, you want to just sign off? Is that it? We good? Yep. I think we're done. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. If you have thoughts, feelings, opinions, requests, um, and otherwise, we will. Talk to you next week.